Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hey, folks. Old Man Grognard here on a Wednesday. Hope you're all doing well. And before we get started here, I have a voicemail from Arfed about backgrounds that I talked about in an earlier episode. Take it away, Arfed. Hi, Arfed here. Um, just been catching up on some of your back episodes, a uh, little bit behind, but caught up now. Um, just wanted to call in about the episode where you was talking about character backgrounds. Um, the more characters I've made up and the more systems we've been playing recently, the more I think this uh, idea of a session zero has become more important um, especially for how the characters know each other so there should be some tie-ins between the characters in some way and I think that is crucial for making a group run better um, because how often do you get groups that are just thrown together and they suddenly have all got each other's back and um, happy to sort of lay down their life for each other when they don't really even know each other. So I think getting those ties to each other's characters is really important in Session Zero, so I think that's definitely worth doing in any system. Thanks. Thanks, Arfan. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's nice to have connections between characters. I don't always count on it, but that usually runs into a first scenario where they meet, and I can usually keep that lively enough by some kind of encounter or something like that. But Session Zero, I like doing Session Zeros too, where you sit around and make characters or create characters, describe whatever. I tend to make that the majority of a Session Zero, but I always give them a little encounter at the end just to you know, get them together, get see how they work out and all that kind of stuff. But thank you. Thank you very much, Arfet. I appreciate that. And that kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about. Judging player characters, as in trying them out, see what they're made of at first. And that's the kind of thing I like to do. I usually, well, I usually lowball it at the beginning because I want to see who's got what and how they work and all that kind of thing. I usually run an encounter or two. If I'm not using a scripted module, even in the module, I will like cut back a little at first. I sort of want to ramp it up and just see how much I can throw at them without without breaking. Because I don't use you know I I don't use uh, challenge ratings or anything like that. I go on hit dice versus levels, and sometimes that could be a little tricky. Sometimes that could be a little misleading. I would rather try out the characters first. They make characters, new campaign. Let's see what happens. And by about the se- second session, even the end of the first session, I'll know what they're made of and what I can throw at them at this point. At first level. So I tend to ramp it up during the first and second encounter up until here's my benchmark. Again, benchmarks, benchmarks, shiplap. Yeah, right. Why did I say that? I don't know. Like our last encounter. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Here's what I do. I ramp it up to the point where one or more of the characters almost dies 
not quite dies. And sometimes it happens, but I always have extenuating circumstances, or if the players are pick up enough on it, they have a way of getting them back. And that's where I go, okay, there's my mark for that level right now. And I think it's a pretty good way of judging how to how to see if they can handle it or not. You can still throw things out if they can't handle. I mean, that's what, that's what their feet are for. That's what running away is for. People just don't understand. The players just don't seem to understand to live and fight another day type of thing. It's it, they all want to be they all want to be the hero, you know. But hey, they are here. They work up. You work up to be a hero. That's the point. If you ever see movies like that, they work up to be a hero. Anyway, uh, beside the point, you can still throw stuff at them that's out of their weight class. But that should not come along very often. I do it just enough to, to remind them, hey, it's dangerous out there. You know what I mean? Last Astonishing Swordsman session, I pretty much lowballed everything. They had an encounter with a phasing pit line, which are, I had, there was a trapdoor spider there, but I replaced it with a phasing pit line from another monster book. And it worked out well. Phasing pit lines are kind of like ant lines. Only they have this ability to take their back, their hiney part, their back part, their uh, their abdomen, and bury it in the sand somewhere. They're, they're, they're desert-dwelling creatures. Sand somewhere about 10 feet down, within 10 feet of where it is, and then lay the trap door. This thing was in a, this thing was in a giant ant hill that the radioactive giant ants had already been killed and the party had been killed and they were not there anymore, so they took his home, took it as his home. So the characters ran across it, and what it does is it attacks. It meant, this happened to my grandson Gage. It attacks, grabs the character, and swallows it, and he gets teleported into the abdomen, wherever that may be, and digested. So it's it's funny to watch. Like after they kill the thing, where's the rest of it? And so, fortunately, my grandson didn't get very much hurt. He got took some damage, but he managed to claw his way, cut his way out of the abdomen and dig up the sand. And it's like, oh, there he is over there. He's climbing out of the sand. It's funny. So, they handled that. Then I had an oasis encounter with some gnolls. Now, I've run this before. And the last time I ran this, I pretty much knew what the party could do. And so I just went full bore and had a whole bunch of gnolls there. Well, see, they ran into a knoll party before that as a random encounter. So I had to make them a little weaker because the patrol never came back because they got killed. And so I pretty much, okay, there's these gnolls and a flind as a leader. So I did that. And they managed to mop the floor with them pretty good. They had a little bit of difficulty. And that was about... Was there any more encounters? No, but they saw a glass dome they want to come back and look at. In the meantime, they... Oh, they had the encounter... No, that was the first game. No. No, they had the encounter with the ghost ship. And we they almost lost one of their members because he wanted to climb aboard the ghost ship and kill them all which he didn't quite understand that they were already dead and they'd probably take them, him with them. But they got out of that. They managed to stop that. That was a more role-playing encounter. And the last thing I did before they bedded down on the Oasis is I threw a random encounter at them. I threw four giant scorpions who came in at night looking for warmth. 
and that damn near killed one of the characters. Fortunately, in a previous encounter in Selenia, one of the characters had a scroll of resurrection because the guy was dead. Boom, dead from a scorpion. And he did the resurrection thing. And I looked at the scorpions and go, okay, right there. I'm going to look at that critter and see. I'm going to go over it and see in my mind and go over and see what happened to bring them to certain, to bring a death. Was it faster? Did it do more damage? Was the poison that powerful? What? And use that as a guide to what I can throw at these characters. At this point, you got to remember, at this point, every once in a while, you got to test them because they were third level. They are now fourth level. So I could probably ramp it up a little bit, in a little bit more. But basically, by that time, the gloves are off. Here's the scenario. If it's a module, here's the scenario with the stuff in there. If they walk through it, I'm going to ramp it up more on my own. But I'm at the point where I know, okay, this character does this, this character does that, that character has got this. Plus, I, I gave him a lot of treasure up front because I kept finding a lot of treasure, and I didn't even think about it. I knew that that was floating around. I knew those were floating around. And so I took that into consideration, too, that I can pump it up even more when I go back to DMing this because I, they've got all these magic. I mean, he had a scroll of resurrection. There you go. I never know when they're going to need this stuff. Sometimes I do know. Sometimes I plant things in there for them to use later. That's the, a, a GM supposed to do that sometimes because I just planted it in there and forgot about it. it was, oh, yes. Yeah, so Good call. And I've got smart players, too. They play smart. Even if they're playing a dumb character, they play smart. The character, but not the player. The player, not the character. So it it, it behooves them to remember what all what they have and everything. It behooves me to remember what all they have and everything. So I could probably ramp this up for, say, a fifth-level group, considering all the stuff they have and their abilities. And that's what you got to do. you just got to sort of revisit it's like whenever you prep you got to revisit it and see okay where are they now because i've got all their i don't have all their stats written down but i have i have their name their class alignment and what level they are because they're all men so there's no demi humans and what level they are and i keep track of that okay they're now fourth level what can i throw at a fourth level party what can i throw at a fifth level party fourth level with a lot of magic and and other gadgets like that Somewhere between fourth and fifth, maybe even a little, you know, edging onto sixth. Who knows? Anyway, that's what you got to do when you're a GM: constantly revamp, or rather, reevaluate the situations you're putting them in. And that's all part of prep. That's all part of running a good campaign. I mean, don't forget about the plot, but just reevaluate, and it's almost like your hands on a dial or a gauge, but. It's like they're, you're you're just adjusting things every once in a while. Not all, but every once in a while. In modules, it's a little easier because they say it's for this and this, and you just look at your group and go, okay, they can handle it. So we're just going to run it as is, or we're going to take a little away or add some. I always like to add some. Anyway, that's my advice, and now I get to start the day. 
So if you want, folks want to drop me a voicemail over at Anchor, that would be appreciated. Or you can drop an email at oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you can help support this program. And I would appreciate that. And so, my friends, I hope you all have a great day. And until I see you next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.